the pain is pulsing in time with my heartbeat. Oh. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> if my tooth hatches uh, during the course of the podcast, well, I guess we've got a backstory for the Alabaster Titan. Oh my god. What would you like to hatch out of it? Probably the Alabaster Titan. Oh, okay, He's very right. small. Uh, and I need to put him in one of my fish tanks and and feed him <laughs> delicious invertebrates to nourish him. Oh, I never thought that he'd be alabaster because of the whole toothiness of him. Yeah, but, I've, yeah. I was thinking actually things if this because it's for for long running listeners of the podcast. I, me and Matthew are soulmates and having semi busted teeth. <laughs> Uh, but we've got the same thing going on where we're like playing chicken with God <laughs> to see what will happen first. The tooth just bursting or us having to have dental treatments. Mm. I haven't been to the dentist for too long. Like I haven't had a checkup genuinely since I was about 20 and now I'm just too afraid to go. You know, that's, like That's why I was at and it's, yeah. um, <laughs> it ends as badly as you'd imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to go. People who are like deeply upset by like anything other than obsessive dental hygiene are going to be really flustered by this segment. <laughs> yeah. Three We're of us being incredibly British with our teeth. We're going to be cancelled by Colgate stands. And I don't wash my legs. <laughs> Welcome, listener, to this episode 154 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, Rock, Paper, Shotguns, PC Gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, unless you're clean <laughs> and like us, a trio of horrible Stig of the Dump-esque. Well, well, it's only my gob that's bad. The rest of me is like perfect. Well, it's not perfect, but it's... <laughs> Serviceable. Yeah. The rest of it is like a glistening android. <laughs> Freshly emerged from the forge of some hyper advanced civilization. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, uh, this week is going to be the uh, best uh, puzzles and games special. Not best puzzle games, but best puzzle that we have done in our game. Um, and so I foresee there may be some sort of definitional tangling about what a puzzle is. Um, but uh, no, apart from that, uh, my name is Alice Bell, and I'm joined this week, very exciting actually, by the Riddler. <laughs> Hello, uh, I mean, riddle me this. <laughs> uh, oh, I should have had a riddle prepared. Played to perfection, Matthew. You had one job, Riddler. <laughs> oh God damn it! Oh, just just send me back to Arkham. <laughs> it's what I deserve. <laughs> Uh, and also Richard B. Riddles. It That's... was really dark in the prison. I had my eyes 
surgically adapted to let me see the answers to puzzles. Oh, oh Richard Rid- B. Riddick from the right, Chronicles yes. of Riddick uh, and uh, okay. Yeah, now I get it. It was very bad Vin Diesel. I did not get him at all. Oh, no one can do a good Vin Diesel. He's really unique vocally. His voice is unreal. I am Groot. That's better. There you go. I am a Vin Diesel. (laughs) (laughs) Deep fried. (laughs) One of these days I might just do the intro and then sit back and then say nothing for like an hour. Mm. (laughs) Just sort of see what occurs, you know. It's like putting a load of like ants in a, a hermetically sealed sphere and leaving it for a billion years to see what evolves. <laughs> Not a, a load of dead ants, I'd imagine. We here at Rock Paper Shotgun want to create the best PC games related content out there. I mean, we're doing a lot of that already, but you can help us continue to do that and also help us do a little more. All you have to do is grab an RPS subscription over at rockpapershotgun.com forward slash subscribe. You can support us at two different tiers. The standard subscription will give you an ad free RPS, you'll get discounts on our merch, and you'll get a letter from the editor post every month month too. The premium tier subscription gives you all of those lovely things I just mentioned, plus some exclusive articles and podcasts, as well as some smashing new video games and in-game items. I don't want to say free because you're paying money for the subscription, but you know, it's a little something on top. So, if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to rockpapershotgun.com forward slash subscribe and give us your money please. You get good things in return, so it seems like a win-win for everyone involved. In anticipation of a transaction and because my mother reared me well, thank you very much. I also want to get in at at the top this week uh, that, yeah, I have forgotten to do a cavern of lies. Down your drink if you're playing along. I'm very sorry, but I do have a good reason this week. Which is that um, I was moving my PC and uh, setting everything up because I've come back to the office. I'm oh. back, taking my life into my hands. Congrats! That's that's Thanks. bold. Well, it's not Thank bold. You. It's just strong. Well, it's not really. I mean, there's no one here at the moment. It's the same floor that we were on before, but there's literally no one else. It's just me and Graham. Graham's also back. That's so why it's, it's a power move because you're just yeah. like two warlocks alone in a citadel. I was just walking around stealing things from empty desks. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> when I was there last, I found loads and loads of bags of sweets everywhere. Um, yeah. It was like a really scavenging in a really happy fallout wasteland. Because <laughs> it was just like everything I found was like Haribo's. Um, I guess other YouTubers had been there and left their sweets everywhere. So I was eating all these hard. I ate some incredibly hard um, gold bears. <laughs> I mean, they were really, really like they were crunchy, which a gummy should never be. <laughs> should not be crunchy. No, that's troubling. <laughs> you just like you sitting in a corner eating crunchy bears and and going like these are awful, but still shoveling. Well, it, yeah, but it doesn't matter because I wasn't meant. You know, it's the illicit thrill of stealing Eurogamer's sweets made me feel yeah. really good about myself. Yeah, there's a bag of Skittles I've been stealing from all morning. Just walking around, <laughs> taking pictures of people's families off their desks and putting them on mine. Just collecting nice. relations. <laughs> it's good. 
They're my family now. Exactly, yeah. Hello, new father. I'm doing yeah. Illidan's voice from Warcraft now, perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's what I've been up to. I'm just I'm just chilling out in the office now. And there, yeah, Graham, RPS in peace, is still at his old desk behind mine. Um, which is good because it means I can still kick the back of his chair uh, just for attention <laughs> like a toddler. So that's it's good. I'm enjoying it. But yeah, no one else here. It's weird. Nice. Very weird. Yeah. Good though. Although no uh, free Pepsi Max in the fridge anymore. There's yeah. not enough people to warrant it being brought in. Oh, yeah, I really want a can now. That's such, mm. that's such a perk. Do you know what I did the other day? Uh, this will be a particular interest to Matthew. Bought uh, a 24-pack of Rio Tropical. Oh, my God. From the corner shop and walked <laughs> up the street like an 80s cartoon kid with a ghetto blaster, just like the <laughs> massive case of Rio on my shoulder, just radiating how cool I was. That's so bold. Nothing says rob me like a man carrying a load of Rio. Uh, not what? even Spectin would have dared. Well, I would rob, like, that's the person I would rob because they've got something I really want. I honestly, yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> it's quite specific, you, though, isn't it? You know, like in games when, like, you, um, you know, you're talking to an innkeep and you happen to say that you also worship, like, you know, the bug god. <laughs> yeah. And his impression of you goes up by four points. <laughs> that, that happened with the the corner shop man. I was like, uh, "Can I have a case of Rio Tropical?" So yeah, it's just in the fridge over there. No, I, I think you misunderstand me. I want twenty four. I know the boxes they come in. Give give me all of the eggs and ham you have. <laughs> he sent his son to the back room to get it for me, and then as I walk out, his son genuinely with a look of faint awe said, "Enjoy your Rio Tropical." <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, they're good he, uh, guys. Actually. If if I was him, see, I wouldn't know if if my my sort of approval would go up or down because I'd be worried you were setting up a rival corner shop to have industrial levels of Rio. <laughs> But only that, just competing in one very specific vertical and running them into the ground. Yeah. The Rio Baron of Walsall. (laughs) Oh Oh my goodness. I just, the apocalyptic future, except instead of Nuka Cola, it's ring pulls from Cancer Free. And the more you pick up, the more tropical you get. (laughs) Starts with a Hawaiian shirt. Ends with a hurricane, <laughs> or like a like a like a moral system in like a Bioware game, or a, a, a you know the black and white games where like you're on a instead of like a sliding scale of good to bad, it's most to least tropical. What's the opposite of tropical? Uh, polar. <laughs> oh, br- I'd love that Mass Effect, where every dialogue option is the polar response or the tropical, <laughs> the tropical response. response. And the only person who can complete the game is one of the 1990s Jamaican bobsleigh team for the film Cool Runnings. They're like the day walkers. They can tread in both realms. Uh, <sighs> so how are you both? <laughs> sad now that that game doesn't exist. Right? <laughs> Imagine that at the next EA at E3, where they're like, Mass Effect 4, it's happening. 
and we're bringing with it a radical new change. <laughs> Things are hotting up, or maybe they're cooling down. Are you cool enough to take the heat? <laughs> oh, mass, mass Spec Sport 4 sponsored by Rio. <laughs> Actually, big Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze energy. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, is that, essentially yeah. that game. Did, it does exist. It. There you go. We did a feature on Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze um, in Official Nintendo Magazine. The feature's title was A Kong of Ice and Fire. Do you know what? That's bloody excellent. Thank you. I say that without any irony. That's just really good. That was, uh, that's, I think that's the best feature title I've ever come up with. Uh, <laughs> mine was uh, when I was uh, briefly editing a, 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 a like a, supplement inside one of my grim trademarks that was about the utilities and telecom payment processing sector <laughs> and i interviewed a man called graham um who made like training software for call centers mm. and it was a profile piece and i called it a graham of phones <laughs> along very similar lines to you there The rest of it was an utter vacuum. <laughs> wow, well, I think you're. I think you're. Doing, you're putting Graham down there. No, well, no, I, I, he did that himself. Apologies to Graham if you're listening. It's unlikely, but it would be haunting if any of uh, my former profile subjects followed this podcast. <laughs> Imagine. I th- I think my favourite pun. Stra- I did like. Um, Matthew reviewed uh, the Artful Escape for us, and his strap was Rad Shred Redemption. Which mm. was good. Um, yeah, that was tidy. That one. My favourite strap that I ever did, and which I did not get enough attention for, was where I did um, the uh, surprise, um, uh, like little kind of murder puzzle game uh, by Inkle. Uh, that I can't remember the name of Overboard. Overboard, yeah, and it's mm. about you're you're a woman and you have to get away with killing your husband, and the game starts when you have just shoved him over the side, and I gave it the strap murder she float, and I was like, <laughs> yes, 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 that's good, that's good, yes, amazing, and no no comments, zero comments on it. It was one of those things <laughs> where I think I actually went in and commented on my own article saying, why have none of you said this was really good? Justified, absolutely justified. Should we do puzzles next week and just like list all the best strap lines for the rest of the episode? The best puns. <laughs> Very I strong. Think, but there's a good one that you can use whenever Rare does a game, and but it's like, you know, like a six or a seven, which is medium rare. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I guess like a, f- a five or a six, technically. Uh, which I think is quite good. Mikey. Fan mm. of that. I mean, we could actually talk about puzzles now. That... I guess, I guess. I guess. But there's one thing I want to get off my chest first, and then we'll hard segue. Okay, all right. Right, so you know that time someone was really mean and, like, about you on the podcast? Like, someone, right, someone did something quite specifically mean. Um, those of you who read the site will know uh, that I left the RPS writing team this week. I'm going to stay on this podcast and yeah. hopefully still be contributing some features. But I'm, uh, I've burst 
Mm. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Vainly, I did a name search on Twitter afterwards to see what people had said. Mm. And I found a man who'd said, so Nate Crowley is leaving Rock Paper Shotgun. I'm going to be a selfish prick and rejoice that I can now listen to their excellent electronic wireless show again. He's like a less funny Rufus Hound, if such a thing were (laughs) even possible. To which I replied, bit awkward, but I'm afraid to say I'm staying on the podcast. (laughs) Maybe give it another try and see if it grows on you at all. (laughs) And like, he he wasn't a massively rude man, just a very cold one, uh, replying, well, I'm not sure if it was just that you were new or it's your style. But it was exhausting listening to you trying so hard. (laughs) Now, I'm fine with the man finding me annoying. (laughs) But (laughs) the idea that I'm trying hard when what in fact I'm I'm doing is failing to try and filter my mental output at all. (laughs) Yeah, I like Nate was genuinely uh, about 10, 15 minutes late to recording this today because he forgot what time we were supposed to be doing it. So. How's that for try hard? <laughs> <laughs> like, every, the running joke where I say, Nate, what are you going to recommend that is on your desk this week is because he does not prepare anything to recommend beforehand. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's not that Nate is not putting in any effort he like Nate does put in effort, but but yeah, but no, he's not trying hard. Right. <laughs> I try hard in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that uh, that was just like an an ogre's club <laughs> to the back of my skull upon leaving. Everyone else was lovely, and I don't hold it against this man. It's his taste, and he's entitled to it. But a less funny Rufus Hound is what an epitaph. It's cold. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Especially considering I once hosted a debt collection award ceremony with him. He's a very nice but I've met him. I met him at the premiere of the Warcraft film and he was very nice. He bought me a drink. Very nice man. Very expressive and impressive facial hair. I think he's lovely. Yeah, I've chatted yeah. with him a few times and um yeah, I guess I'm a did, like did you a did you find him, him. Did, did you find him funnier than yourself? But in a very particular <laughs> way, yeah, absolutely. Because less funny doesn't necessarily mean like like by a huge amount. It could just be, you know, you're a little less funny than Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, Nate is a uh, very talented, very funny, very nice person and uh, I think it behooves everyone to remember that when you say something about someone on the internet, we can see it. Well, and, especially if they go uh, searching for their own name. Name <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm not a total Ed Balls. I don't do that most of the time. I just wanted to see if anyone had like written me a eulogy or something um, in the in Twitter. You never know. Yeah, I I didn't do that after I saw the, when I left because you. You know, the first thing you see is kind of like, don't care for the video content. So, and you're like, all oh, right, there's going to be a lot of that. I'm just, I'm just not going to bother. <sighs> I just don't really Lovely. read. Lovely readers. I, I, Many I'm a sucker for it. I'm a sucker for it because every time I, like, I'm a hugely vain person and I always think 
someone's going to be like, this is brilliant. Like this guy really gets it. What a great review. And that stuff like really puts a spring in my step. But the risk, like anything negative puts me in far worse a mood than the good mood I'd get from something positive. So the gamble is just all off. Oh yeah, it's like seeing in failure vision, isn't it? Like yeah. we, you, you can only see people call out your your biggest cock-ups. Well, I I tend to like I will um, check things that I think might uh, warrant serious discussion, or if you know our, our new mods team flag stuff up. But in general, I don't read the comments because either you will get an inflated sense of self-esteem if people are being really nice, and then start to predicate your self-esteem on strangers on the internet or it is just a, a room full of strangers telling you you're awful so that would be a good mechanic in a in a game in an rpg before every fight you have the choice to name search yourself on twitter and if it, you read something nice you get a buff and you're feeling great in the fight but if you read something bad you take a, you know an extra pummeling <laughs> well, it's like in the, the Spider-Man game, which uh, I think it's a PS4 exclusive, but, you know, bear with me. That had Twitter, didn't it? Or something like Marvel Twitter. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And you could see the tweets come up constantly. Because uh, that's always been a big theme in the Spider-Man stories, you know, his sort of public image, his PR. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was interesting. Like, oh, Spider-Man's a bit of a penis, isn't he? <laughs> And it would. It, I wish it the would, game did have writing like that. <laughs> well, he's a right bell end, yeah. That Jonah J. Jameson knows what he's talking about, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, hmm. Anyway. Uh, puzzles. Puzzles. <laughs> oh, what a segue. So there's a specific reason that I wanted to talk about puzzles this week, which is because one of my favorite YouTube channels, which is called Cracking the Cryptic, which is just two um, very nice, uh, quite kind of upper middle class, uh, middle aged men who are like champion puzzle solvers uh, doing, they do two videos a day where they solve either a very difficult Sudoku puzzle or like a, a really difficult cryptic crossword or something like that and they are genuinely like top in the world at solving puzzles um they're really great and they became like a hit over lockdown and now they have like apps and and a kickstarter to make a book and merch (laughs) and everything um and they've started streaming the witness um and it's fascinating because they're so good at it well, it's one one of them streaming the witness while the other one is moderating. Mm. Um, but he's so good, uh, and uh, I wrote, I emailed him and asked him some questions and wrote up a little piece about it because it's re- genuinely great watching someone who is world class at puzzles kind of flying through this game, and it's sort it's helped me kind of appreciate the witness a bit more because he's sort of referencing how clever it is. In relation to like wider puzzle theory, I suppose. Can you briefly explain the witness? Because it's a total blind spot for me. I've never actually known exactly what it is. It's just one of those games that I just know the name of. It's an island with um, different sections, different sort of biomes. So there's like a little forest bit. Uh, there's a 
castle with mazes in it. There's uh, a swamp, a tree house, a little kind of greenhouse with flowers in, and they all have there are puzzles uh, in each section, and one you could sort of only progress once you do the puzzles. And then that will allow you to turn on a laser that fires to the centre of the island. And when you've done enough lasers, you can kind of complete the game. And there's also like a, a layer of like big, bigger kind of environmental but stuff. But the sort of the, what's interesting about it is that all the puzzle input, it's these kind of grids where you draw a lot. You just have to draw a line from a start to an end point. But like the rules of the grids change depending on all kinds of things like sometimes it, there's there's like a rule you have to extract from the grid itself sometimes there might be an environmental hint or something so it, it's like working out the, the quite abstract rules of these quite simple sort of structures it's really good yeah um yeah really really good and it's great watching this very nice man very carefully do it and it's funny because he apologizes a lot for being too slow but like one of the first things he does in the very first stream is find and complete one of the most advanced puzzles in the game without having to go through any of the tutorializing bit because he just knows a lot about puzzles and then he apologizes for taking too long with it and he does it in like five minutes Mm. it's also because there is this like layer look to the game kind of beyond what you sort of see once you know it exists, there's this sort of thrill in watching someone maybe mm. or maybe not discovering it or something staring them in the face. And, like, I think the, the Witness has got a bit of a streaming following just to see people have that moment where they kind of yeah. cotton on. Um, it's, like, quite a sort of famous thing about it. And you're like, oh, is he going to see it? Oh, no, he hasn't. Oh, oh, oh. Once you know it, you're like, it's so screamingly obvious what the thing yeah. to be done. Um, it's it's weird. I mean, you know, that's like regardless of who's playing, but with this particular, because he's so kind of clued into that stuff, it makes it like really, really engaging. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so I just thought it'd be nice to talk about puzzles, but make it more than just your favorite puzzle games uh, to make it about a puzzle in a game. Might not mm. be a puzzle game that you think is very good. Well, this um, really, this is a great idea because it really resonates with me anyway. I I always don't play games if they are sold as puzzle games because I'm rubbish at I'm either rubbish at puzzles or I have no enthusiasm for them. I've never attempted enough puzzles to work out. But I do quite like them when they're sprung on me by surprise in games that aren't meant to be puzzle games. Um the one that immediately comes to mind is Total War Warhammer 2, uh where if you this is so weird. If you come across like a ruined city with no one in it, you can choose to like settle it, or you can search through the ruins. At which point, you're given a sort of a crystal maze Aztec zone style puzzle to do, which can be like a sort of lizard man Sudoku or some weird thing with working out what's on the hidden faces of some cubes. And that they're all sort of, you know, abstract reasoning things. And if you get them right, you get maybe a magic sword and some gold. And if you get them wrong, you get nothing. And it's always it's always struck me just so cute that in this game that's <laughs> not a puzzle game in any way. There's just these odd little riddles. I love that. 
mm-hmm. always just Google the answers to the puzzles, though, so I can get the gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me when I'm when I'm playing Persona. It has these uh, exams that you take, school exams, and if you like ace them, you get like bonus intelligence at the end of that term. Um, but I always just sit there cheating like hell, like a total <laughs> scum. I've just got my phone out and you type it. But like, I think so many people do it. I think you only have to type the letter P into like Google for it to autocomplete Persona <laughs> test answers. Like it's just. The most sort of generic search term. <laughs> I do I respect how the oh sorry. Well, I was gonna say I don't I don't do it with puzzles, but I do do it if it's the first time I'm playing like um a game like that has moral choices like your bioware games. Uh I will look up and it, if it's not clear what which choice will result in which outcome, I will look up really what's gonna happen here because like because I'm like, okay. Who's gonna die if I pick this, basically? Or like, will this make this person like me? You know, I will cheat at emotional things for not puzzles. <laughs> well, I like that yeah. the text when you get one of the the Ruined City puzzles in Torhammer says like, like when you win it, it says, "Well, whether via your inc- you know." Extreme cunning, or whether you were guided by the gods. Yeah. <laughs> it acknowledges most people will cheat, which I respect. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Well, that's one of the interesting things about uh, watching CTC doing um, The Witness is like he's sort of commenting on ways that the puzzles are clever. Like the puzzles in The Witness are designed to sort of stop you doing bifurcation solving so like by brute forcing the puzzle by just trying all the options possible um in some cases that will it will make it really annoying or really hard to do that in like some of the puzzles if you get the answer wrong um you'll have to go back to sort of the start of that that sequence of puzzles mm-hmm. do the the previous one again um, I, I had- I had moments where I was playing The Witness where I swore I had the the rule. You know, I did like three puzzle panels and was like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And then the fourth one didn't follow the rule. And then I realized that I hadn't got the rule at all. Yeah, and just yeah. like accidentally wandered through. It's pretty good for that. Yeah. Well, my favorite one that I was going to mention in The Witness is the um, spoilers for this particular puzzle in The Witness, but is the uh, tree with an apple group of puzzles i just think they're really really, it's just really nicely done you you come across this yeah a puzzle grid that sort of looks like a tree and every branch on it is a potential exit so you don't know which one is the right one um and eventually you realize that the right one is indicated by a tree in the background that has one single red apple hanging from a branch and you have to count which branch it is and then put that on the input and it's really it's a very elegant link between the puzzle and the environment it's really really well Jonathan done blow is very lucky that someone doesn't just come along and eat that apple yeah true <laughs> That's the problem. If you've built this island, which is a solution to the puzzles on it, if anyone comes along and mess, you could really screw up for anyone who comes after you. 
That's why you have yeah. to be careful. Like you could drop some sweet wrappers, and then people be like, "Is that part of the puzzle?" <laughs> that's leaving... why. I, that's why I should not be invited to the witness island. Leaving a trail of Rio cans. Uh, oh, I, mean, I mean, that's that's preposterous. I mean, sweet wrappers, maybe. My pockets aren't full of multiple cans of drink. <laughs> uh, mine often are. Ooh. Now I'm in the Rio scene. <laughs> oh, I would lo- like imagine if, like, like instead of dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, it it was like Matthew, and they were Ooh. tracking Matthew by like. His prince, and then what? and then he eats a, a lawyer can. on a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is that's very that is very me to be honest. Oh no, no! If it was like a, a whole like a a whole DreamWorks take on it, where instead of humans, the family and and the kids were like Rio cats, <laughs> and Matthew's a big giant monster. I'm not sh- I'm not sure the uh, the Crichton estate would have gone for that. What, did the robot from Red Dwarf write Jurassic Park? LOL. Finding an empty Rio can if it's still got like condensation on the outside. But he's been here, and recently too. Matthew <laughs> would be like the T-Rex and that, and then I'd be like the Indominus Rex. Just like, you know, Matthew consumed Rio in a noble, natural way, whereas... I'm just something like bestial driven by capitalist greed, <laughs> just guzzling unnatural quantities of this lightly sparkling fruit juice uh, drink. <sighs> I, anyway. Would that involve uh, Jeff Goldblum trying to distract the T-Rex with a flare, but by opening another can of Rio? <laughs> and waving it around. A can of Rio opens another can of Rio and waves it around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I would watch this film. Yeah, it does actually sound great. Yeah, I feel like if we were uh, just a creative team, and Hollywood or you know these big game companies just contacted us, just to do some you know ideas generation, mm. the cultural landscape would be uh, a lot much more tropical. More, yeah, <laughs> much more interesting. <laughs> Although I have noticed we're hitting a theme, <laughs> so, so rather than. <laughs> Rather than everything being saturated by like Marvel and Disney properties, it it would just be Rio everywhere. Mm. <laughs> oh, let me guess: the Guardians of the Galaxy have to retrieve the five Rio cans. Yeah, expanded uh, Rio universe. <laughs> uh, what other puzzles? Halfstone's do done a a fun thing with puzzles this month. Oh yeah, um, so. Yeah, like you probably know, I've I've got this sort of love hate relationship with Hearthstone, where I've I've been playing daily for the last sort of four years, but increasingly find the actual game very empty. Um, I like the little things they do around the edges, and one of them has been uh, the Book of Heroes, which is where usually Hearthstone's got this very like. Crazy, wacky japes take on Warcraft lore. But the Book of Heroes, these little single-player adventures which take you through the stories of major Warcraft characters, and they play it dead straight. It's really weird. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's fun. It's storytelling through little card game set pieces. And they did the Gul'dan one this, uh, 
this month. Goldarn's one of my favourite Warcraft characters, mostly because of the way he says, I greet you. And his adventure's lovely because you've got some standard card games, but then halfway through they get to the bit where he's trying to feed all the orc chieftains the blood of Manoroth, who's a devil, um, so that they'll turn green and become the Horde. And to convince each orc chieftain, you have to complete a puzzle. It's like a card puzzle. Like, there are eight dogs with tentacles on the board. Can you wipe them all with just these five cards? And it's cool. It's, uh, it's a nice change of pace. Oh, it's I, quite a good puzzle game. That, that reminds me of they're, they're in um, the, uh, what's it called? Thronebreaker, which is like the Gwent RPG that they released for The Witcher, um, that has puzzle battles where it gives you like a very set number of cards and there is like a correct solution or you have to like really dig into some of the weird functions of certain cards and it sort of acts as a kind of tutorial for things you can do. But, you know, some of them have kind of uh, like more like narrative setups as well where you're trying to kind of stop an avalanche or there's a particular monster and you have to target like bits of its body which are represented by different cards on the board and that ha- that has some quite good fun of, of like storytelling and scene setting in this sort of quite abstract kind of tabletop kind of setting which i really really liked oh maybe i should get some gwent oh <laughs> Thronebreaker is properly good it's like s- super super polished um you know, I I must admit, I don't play a lot of, of kind of card battling games, so I don't really know where it sort of fits in, in the, the wider genre or, or how it is regarded. Um, but, you know, if you if you do get into Gwent's whole deal, um, that game is just a, a, a like a brilliant showcase for it. Nice. Probably will give that a go to oh, yeah. QH. I was surprised we haven't had a discussion over what is a puzzle yet actually because we're sort of now getting into strategy you know card well, games and stuff is a puzzle something that only has one solution is that didn't a weird... we have this this argument before when i i sort of like got absolutely pulverized on the hill that factorio was a puzzle game oh, that did, was a that a dream i had I can't remember. It might because I'm fairly sure we've done. We might have done puzzle games before, but I I just think it's fun to keep talking oh, yeah. about things. I will happily um, reopen that wound because I don't. I just remember the moon is weather thing, which was a <laughs> <laughs> which was a schism. I think there was. I think there was some disagreement over whether something was a puzzle or just a complicated task. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that was it. Which I. For building a factory is more of a complicated task. I don't know. I, <laughs> right, well, I don't know what I said. It was where when something had broken in the factory, like suddenly. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's not just ejaculating cogs anymore, and you're like, right, what? Where is the problem? Mm. I I can't remember what I said previously, but right now my stance I feel is that like a, a puzzle is something that only has one solution. I I think maybe no oh I don't know Mm. I don't know if that's correct either I don't know is a mystery a puzzle yes (laughs) yeah 
Huh. I know. I know a puzzle yeah. when I see one because I start yeah, yeah, scratching yeah. my head. Aha. <laughs> yeah, and I know it because I just shut down my PC. <laughs> uh, what? I, I was trying to think of unlikely games which have like random puzzles in them, a bit like that Warhammer example. Mm. Um, there's quite a good one in Metal Gear Solid Five, where I don't know if either of you have played this. No, actually, or I've watched it being no. played by. Yeah, don't but there's a, a point. There's basically a point in the story where your mother base, which is like an oil rig, with that you're building up into your little kind of, uh, you know, you're building like a private army on this oil rig, basically, and you come back and it's it's been sort of infected with this disease, and there's the, there's sort of a base, there's a light base management element to Metal Gear Solid Five where you're kind of assigning staff to different departments so they can research upgrades for you to take into the field, and um, like there's. It's, it's kind of weird because it's part of the story that this happens and it's part of the story that you kind of find a cure for it. But until you get to that point in the story, the the disease is moving quite organically through the base and you can quarantine soldiers um, to try and save like your precious staff because you obviously don't want, you know, the soldiers you've trained up from the beginning to die. Um, <laughs> but you have to try and try and like work out like how the virus is functioning in order to work out who to quarantine and there's oh, like a puzzle okay. there's like a puzzle solution to it you can just bung everyone in there but then the base would just like cease to function or maybe there's a limit on the number of people you can put in there but you can look in their profiles i think the game kind of prompts you to that there might be a a, a way to work out like what's the common thread between the people and it becomes this strange kind of um exercise in, in flipping through all these these sort of soldier profiles trying to work out you know why? You know what? What links the people who are getting sick? And if you can work that out, you can get ahead of it. Which I thought was quite quite a cool sort of side puzzle that you didn't have to engage with. You could just push on and sort of take that hit. But if you did get get on top of it, you mm. know you obviously benefited from it in the long run. If only Matt Hancock had played some Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, track uh, and trace. <laughs> oh man, uh, I was I was trying to think of of similar things, and I just kind of couldn't. So I, I guess I'm wrapping like well, that. You know, so you, set, you, set, you set up this topic. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you something I don't like. Right. Yeah, let's get muscular. Uh, it's the the really like perfunctory puzzles that are in like big action adventure games just because you know it's just one of the many little peripheral features that such games are expected to have mm. um like i'm okay it's, it's arguably not action adventure but like the the those things in skyrim where you've got like a a, a, a trundly stone dial oh you have to line pictures. up a, a- dragon or whale and a echidna yeah that's the right order. A waste of time it's like yeah. yeah you know once you've done one you've done them all and it's i i really resent especially in games which have already got a mammoth runtime tasks which are in there just to make things that little bit longer if I'd it rather feels just play a shorter game it's like the low fantasy version of like please check this box if you're not a robot 
Yeah. Oh no. my god, yeah. <laughs> it is but very it, annoying. But it's it's because it's like an exciting word to throw, you know, this this adventure's got loads of action and platforming and puzzling, but actually, you know, so many particularly like big, you know, blockbuster sort of mainstream games, they're designed, you know, for everyone to get from one end to the other. The puzzle can't be difficult or it has to solve itself or the character, that technique where characters sort of mutter the solution under their breath to kind of, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> huh, if only I could, if only I could light up those torches, you know, that kind of thing. And then you're like, all oh, right, well, that's what I got to do then. Is there um, something behind those vines? <laughs> <laughs> Someone should send it up where like the guy from Uncharted just goes into a room, stops and just points to the exact order that you're going to do everything in, says it like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to stick that on that, and that'll be that. And yeah. you just do it because it's, it is basically that, but kind of doled out over th- sort of a slow three minutes. Or just if you take too long, just a sardonic plumber swaggers in. It's like, no, nah, mate, you want to turn the sundial so the scorpion's facing the three crystals, <laughs> <laughs> and then pisses I, off. I uh, I did want to mention though. A couple of things. One is um, in Return of the Oberdin, specifically when you figure out who the artist is. Um, I I like because in Oberdin you're kind of, you know, uh, you you're using loads of things like you know accents and language and stuff. Um, but when you figure out who the artist is, that's quite an easy win that you can kind of. Uh, do quite early on and it's just really nice uh, it makes you feel smart uh, it's mm. logical how you figure it out and it also kind of explains to you how it all works and the sort of lateral thinking you need to do and I, th- I think that's really good that um, also just reminded me I bought Opera Din as a result of an episode of this podcast and totally forgot about it yeah. oh. totally rufus handed that one <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, um, in Outer Wilds, which kind of has the shape of a puzzle game because, you know, there's loads of puzzles in it. um, And again, you have to be careful not to spoil it. But there's this uh, in the the kind of collapsing planet, Brittle Hollow, um, there's this thing called the Tower of... I was going to say Tower of Information, but that sounds... The Tower of Quantum Knowledge. Um, quantum of solace and uh you can't you can't access to it like the floors kind of collapse and it's impossible to climb and i must have spent i don't know if i spent hours but i was you know whenever i'd get stuck i'd come back to this place and take a few more goes at trying a few more loops at trying to get into this tower and working out like what am i missing here because they're these sort of um sort of anti-gravity pads on the wall which suggests you could maybe platform your way up somehow and i was like am i just not using the jetpack right and you just couldn't you just couldn't ever reach this thing before mm. it collapsed and, and got sucked into a black hole so there was this time element to it as well it's like every loop you're like ah god damn it it's there it's gone again um and uh this is a terrible anecdote because i'm not going to tell you how you do it but, <laughs> um the kind of the the sense of hitting your head against something over and over again. And then when you finally see like 
the logic of the situation and how it all works and it's so obvious and the game's kind yeah. of like kind of rubbing it in your face that was a really satisfying like sort of eureka moment outer worlds is just genuinely really great for that you know what really bugs me and this is this is an interesting sort of anti puzzle is where you're convinced that something is puzzle is a puzzle mm. and you spend absolutely ages trying to find the solution to it, only to find that actually it's just the developers having used one weird plant texture that isn't used elsewhere. Right. It does not conceal anything. Or like you spend ages getting to a ledge, only to find it is a ledge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That blows it off. That happened to my brother once, I think, in uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, because he was... um, just it was in the uh, Empress de Leon level, which is all snowy. And there's a bit where you just sort of wind your way up a sort of snowy cliff um, to then get to the way you need to go. And and you essentially sort of tack left and right towards your destination. Um, but he was just walking in a straight line uh, and just was immediately came up against the cliff face. So he was walking in a straight line towards where he was meant to go and then became convinced that there must be like a, a secret door or something oh, no. in the cliff face and that he'd missed a, a you know, a story beat request or something telling him how he had to get in there. And it's just because he was treating it like a game and not as a, a place, I guess, designed to feel like a real place. I don't know. That is interesting. Mm. Like, I really, I, I like that sentiment. But it, yeah, they shouldn't put puzzles in games if they don't want people to to stop thinking of them as real places. You don't encounter puzzles in reality, do you? Wow. Well, wow. I don't know. Wow, mm. that's a five kilo can of worms. <laughs> don't know if we have time to get into that but like <laughs> surely you know yeah you do <laughs> <laughs> fair enough I don't, know, I don't i don't think there are like many like tricksters out there who are deliberately inserting puzzles into public life but there are puzzling things like i don't know working well, out, yeah, the, working, out the, working out the interface on a new microwave <laughs> <laughs> You know, what do all those symbols mean? Um, it's not very, that's not a great example. I, no, I refuse to engage with white goods. Like, I really, I just despise the fact they'll have like eight buttons, one of which will have some waggly lines on, one like, you know, the what might be the silhouette of a dustbin, another one has the number five, another one a triangle, another one a triangle with a fire in it. And, you know... How are you meant to set the length of your tumble, tumble dryer cycle from that? <laughs> okay, there yeah, real life be a has puzzles. with fire on it on a tumble dryer. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not that is not a function anyone ever needs. <laughs> Give it the old roasters, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I don't. I it's like I think an example that's annoying is actually the Riddler in the Batman Arkham games because his oh. puzzles are. Oh, some of them are so annoying. Like the racetrack ones. What are you doing? Oh, How long yeah, does well, this that, take you to make? But that's just because, like, they've got the Batmobile, so they have to think. What you know? What would the Riddler do for the Batmobile? 
in reality, I don't think the Riddler would give a shit about the Batmobile. He wouldn't do anything with it. Um, but here, is that how they show he's a real maniac and that he tries to trick a car? When he builds like a really complicated racetrack. They're huge. I know it's 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 got big like Dick Dastardly gets so far ahead of the pack that he can set up this elaborate trap. Yeah. And you're like, why doesn't he just win is the thing in Wacky Races. But here with the Riddler, you're like, whatever he's trying to achieve, he's clearly got so much money and like infinite resources that he can build several subterranean racetracks under Gotham City. I mean, what does he actually... Is it just killing Batman? Or It's not even killing Batman. He just wants to confuse Batman. He just wants Batman to say, like, oh, I don't know. I just don't know. All right, you got me. And that's then that will be the win. That's the win state for the Riddler. In which case, why doesn't Batman just say that? Because the Riddler regularly, like... He's so cap- proud. Like, captures people and puts, like, ordinary people in mortal peril with explosions and, like you know electrocuted floors and I just, stuff I, Batman should just say oh yeah you are cleverer than me and then he'll go away and live on an island somewhere oh, he just can't though can he and then he sends the Joker a text just saying lol <laughs> and he's like yes I did it <laughs> I don't think the Joker's mission is to make Batman laugh I've, I've, I've seen the film Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. The Joker's just a serial killer who happens to dress like a clown. Like he's not, but, he's not looking to make like a giggle, and that's it. Like he's. But <laughs> this is the thing, like, like the Riddler isn't actually like a trickster, is he? Like he's, he's an asshole. Like he's, he's, not... he's super, but yeah, it's just like the iconic, like the question mark. Just looks kind of cool when it's like scribbled on a wall and stuff. So you know he's he's kind of a more of an icon guy rather than the logic of the Riddler is baffling because that he's the, he's in the new film they're making the new Batman film. Oh, is he? And he he's like I don't know if you've seen the teaser trailer, but their version of the Riddler is like he's covered like his entire body with like gaffer tape or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's like made. He, I think he's made his outfit out of parcel, t- wrapping himself in that really thick. Like, Riddle parcel. me this, Batman. See if you can unwrap my body. <laughs> Batman, uh, you have fifteen minutes to make a wallet out of duct tape. Well, yeah, it's kind. Of, it's got that. It has got that energy. It's really odd. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if you stepped on my neck? So weird. Only joking, unless. <laughs> but it's like, like all the, you know, like trickster gods and whatever. Like, like Loki, like kills people. You know, even in mm. the the Norse mythology. Like for lols, and then, like, mm. and I don't, I kind of like, yes, obviously, I understand why people fancy Loki because Tom Hiddleston's hot or whatever. But, like, if if Loki, if if we're if it was the real world and Loki, the character in the Marvel Universe, came up to me and was like, Do you want to get dinner? I'd be like, No, you tried to do a genocide and you kind of can't come back from that, in my opinion. You know, that's that's not like, you know, a snake in a in a can. That's (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) that's 
not like a buzzer handshake. You you destroyed most of New York. A lot of people died. I you can try and speed run redemption with Owen Wilson as much as you like. It's kind of not. <laughs> you still did that, man. You know. Yeah, they get a lot of free passes, don't they? These reformed supervillains. Mm. I did want to mention like one final uh, point puzzle, which is always stuck with me because it's so gross um, which is in the curse of monkey island which is the third monkey island game and is one of the games i played to death when i was i was a kid so i always think about it and there's a puzzle in it where you need to get a map for, for you know the area so that you can sail your ship around it's just uh, the suntan thing yeah yeah so you okay. find you find this guy who's uh like sun sun tanning basically his name's palado domingo which is quite funny and um he's got the map tattooed on his back so first of all you have to get into roll over which you do and then he basically <laughs> oh this is so disturbing <laughs> so that it's awful it's so disgusting you um Spoilers for how to eventually solve this puzzle, but you basically you pour cooking oil on his back so that his skin then like burns and roasts, and then you like pull the map off his back. Don't you have to do it several times as well? No, 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 you only have to do it once, and then you just peel his like his burnt skin off, just gradually flaying this man. Oh, that's how I remembered it, just like. No, yeah, it's basically sort of, and I'm going to carry on doing it. It's, it's, it's basically got, it's, like when you burn and then your skin peels, and you just peel off one big sheet of his yeah. back. Yeah, it got like really mat. horrible, like bacon in a frying pan sound effects. Yeah, mm. yeah, I they stay with you, don't they? And then, and then the animation is you like holding this kind of limp rag of his skin. <laughs> so horrible. Ugh. So that's quite uh, deep skin, a tattoo, isn't it? It's not just the very top layer. Yeah, oh yeah, you. I mean, no, that, you wouldn't be able to do like it. You would, have, you, would, you would be revealing, like, flesh under that, right? Yeah. yeah. You'd have to take off the whole the whole thing of skin. Right, yeah. Jesus. Just, just draw a picture. Yeah, I don't know why you couldn't do, like, a just trace point it, and click you know? game like, in their just nonsense universe, isn't it? Uh, anyway, uh, on that horrible end note, uh, let's move on to do some recommendations. Mm. Right, Matthew, what have you got to recommend this week? I, and I've probably recommended an earlier season of this before. Um, I've got to recommend Money Heist on Netflix. Uh, which is the Spanish crime thriller about a load of people doing a big bank heist. Um, there was like a season which was came out a few years ago, which was about one heist. This is about a different one, but it's been unfolding very slowly over like three parts. And there's about 20 episodes of it now. They've been holed up in this bank for so long. Um, I think the last chunk of it comes at Christmas, but the, the, the most recent chunk of that just came out on Netflix. It's really good. Lots of incredibly sexy charismatic bank robbers um being kind of guided by an incredibly sexy mastermind called the professor 
who sort of uh, sits in his little base and like just whenever you think they're screwed it's always part of the plan and he twists yeah. it on his head and he's like ha it was this um it's i really love that stuff like i really love sort of people outwitting people when it was that all along and it you know you're like there's oh no it's gone terribly wrong and then it shows you a flashback for like one day ago about how they set it up that they were going to be fine and it's inc- like become incredibly formulaic just because they've made so much of it that you always <laughs> know that they're going to twist their way out of it um but i really like it really good characters um yeah what what role do you think you would play if someone was like i need to put together a team for this heist i, I would call like matthew think, castle I would, who would, I would like to think i would be a, a kind of a mastermind style figure deafening silence well yeah that's <laughs> do you not see me that way no, I do. I thought you were about to like say, but oh no! Well, so, like I don't. I'm not a machine gun guy, you know, because I uh, I flinch. I don't like loud noises. Um, anything that involves running is basically a no no. Um, so sitting around and just being kind of charismatic. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they've always got a demolitions expert. Who's yeah, always played yeah, yeah. by someone really zany? I'd I, probably quite like to be the demolitions expert. I can see you as the demolitions expert, Nate. Yeah, I see Matthew as more of the the kind of tech expert guy <sighs> who who isn't used to working in the field, and then something goes wrong, so you have to hastily put on a disguise and pretend to be a croupier whilst kind of looking really nervous and sweaty, and you nearly blow it all. You know that that mm. moment. Yeah, I could maybe do, do that. I tell you what, they 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 do a thing where they have like one of the twists they like in Money Heist is that there are other people in the series who are also secretly robbers, and you don't know until like yeah. the exact moment they're needed. And so up until that point, they spend most of the series pretending to be like a hostage in the bank and just being like, Aah! and then they turn on all the hostages, and all the other hostages are like, oh god, this guy was a robber. Um, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I pretend- can see you being the pretending to be other people. Man. Yeah, I, I could pretend be to be scared for a bit and then okay, and stab everyone in the back. All of your <laughs> identities for these podcasts are always so like bombastically acted. I could, you know, it's hard not to see you, you in that really role. I really think it is the Riddler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my recommendation this week is I just want to officially recommend basically the Cracking the Cryptic YouTube channel. It's really, really lovely and fascinating and um, well worth having having a watch. Uh, the kind of good entry point into it is their Miracle Sudoku uh, thing, which is about 10 minutes long. So it's actually quite a short um, video, but you get the sense of like kind of wonder and appreciation for puzzling from it. It's really good. So I'm gonna recommend that. Um, Nate, what are you gonna recommend this, this week? This is like, oh my! After you totally accurately called me out at the beginning of the episode, this is going to be gruesome. But uh, have you ever considered getting yourself a 22 ounce coffee mug? <laughs> How big is that? <laughs> uh, it's basically it's a Sports Direct mug that doesn't doesn't have sports direct on it it's that size yeah i've got i'm drinking tea from one of them right now 
it's just, it, it's been a very ergonomic decision. I used to go downstairs to make myself a coffee three times in the morning. Now I don't have to do it at all because one's enough. Considered drinking less coffee? Uh, well, I make it weaker in this one as well. Uh-huh. So it's like, a, it's, it's like essentially hot brown milky water. Um, and it's bright red as well, because I'm forever putting a mug down and losing it immediately and then finding a cold coffee six hours later. Can't lose oh, okay. this. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, an atom bomb. So yes, I mean, admittedly, it's on my desk, but I did buy it two days ago uh, and I've been enjoying it. So yeah. Could, could I challenge you next week to have a pre-prepared... Oh uh, my! Recommendation that is not on your desk. <laughs> see if yes, see if can... <laughs> I, the, the film nineteen seventeen wasn't on my desk. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, no. Do you know what? Forget the coffee mug. I oh. got, I got a blast for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Age of Reptiles. <laughs> right. Was that part three? Ancient Egyptians. Uh, it's a wordless graphic novel series um, about dinosaurs and if you edit out about eight seconds here, I'll give you the man who made because I don't want to say his name wrong. Uh, just give me a second to Google him right up. Yeah, so it's by uh, an artist, Ricardo Delgado, who's an immensely talented paleo artist. And also a really good storyteller. So these are, you know, not so much the first one, but definitely this third one that I'm recommending, Ancient Egyptians, is about the fauna of late Cretaceous Egypt, uh, centering on the life of a Spinosaurus. Uh, It's all fairly up to date with modern paleontology, beautifully illustrated, just incredibly sprawling, intricate scenes with loads of different animals represented. And not a word said, obviously, because it's dinosaurs and it's not a Pixar. Extraordinarily brutal um, and quite emotional at times. There you go, Age of Reptiles. See, that's way better than a mug. I mean, yes, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode 154 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, uh, the best puzzles and games special. Uh, This is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, although it does not feature Rufus Hound, unfortunately. We'd love to get him on if you're listening, Rufus. Uh, um, Please remember to check out uh, Rock Paper Shotgun on your social media channels. That's your Twitter, your Facebook and your YouTube to keep up to date with what we're doing. Uh, we've got a Discord where you can talk about the podcast and more. Lots of channels on there. Nice little gang of folks. Um, you can also check out our merch uh, where we have a Cavern of Lies t-shirt, even though I forgot to do the Cavern of Lies this week. And uh, we have... There was something else I was supposed to mention. I can't remember. Oh, we have other podcasts. Uh, Rock Paper Shotgun as well. Our sister podcasts. Um, a kind of current events news podcast which is called the pc gaming week spot also featuring matthew and we have a fortnightly um fps podcast called ultimate audio bang very good nearly nearly had a heart attack i thought you said we have a fortnight podcast 
<laughs> Fortnite, I guess, might turn up on the FPS one, although technically not on FPS, is it? But, you know. Um, uh, and yeah, but for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, but now, it's goodbye. <laughs> it's goodbye from me, yeah, spell. It's goodbye from Richard B. Riddles. Bye. Uh, and it's goodbye from the Riddler. <laughs> I'm dry, but I'm also wet and upside down. What am I? Dickhead. Oh. Dry, that was but also saying, wet. That's the Riddler, not you. Dry, but also wet, and I'm upside down. Uh, there isn't actually an answer. I just made up some bollocks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was right. <laughs>